Welcome to Mentor Ubuntu Podcast. Our guest this episode is an inspirational leader and lady who wears many hats marvelously and has the Midas touch. A mother, wife, solicitor, entrepreneur, mentor, public speaker, and dear friend. Courageously and consistently stretching her comfort zone. Rumbi, it's a pleasure to have you here. Please tell us about your story and journey. Hi everyone, my name is Rumbi. I am a mum, a wife, uh, a lawyer, and with all the other things that <laughs> Shyaminda has said. Um, but a little bit about me and where I'm from. Well, I'm actually originally from Zimbabwe. Um, started business with law, did a whole bunch of stuff, failed and failed again and kept trying until I finally got there. So where I am today, I am also a podcaster. I do a lot of uh, mentoring on the side. I am also the CEO of a couple of companies <laughs> um, and I do some consultancy as well for my legal background. So I do a lot of things, but you might call me a tech of many trades. Hopefully I'm a master of at least maybe one or two of those, but not all of them. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Thank you, Ruby. That goes beautifully into our into into today's topic um so today's topic is basically about adding value you you know as you as you said in your intro you know speaks many volumes of the way you you're adding value but first on a scale of one to ten where are you mentally on a scale of one to ten i would probably say i'm a nine why because I recently offloaded a very big load off my shoulders. <laughs> um, maybe this is probably for another podcast that's coming out. So I've not got a spoiler alert. But um, yeah, I had a massive, massive, massive load on my shoulders. And I finally talked to my parents about it. And boy, did it help. It lifted that load off. So mentally, I literally was, if you'd asked me two weeks ago, I probably was a three. <laughs> uh, but now, funny enough, I'm, I'm at a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm feeling pretty good and I'm quite happy and, and really just loving it, to be honest, at the moment. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic to hear. Uh, your smile <laughs> is at a 9.5. So I'm sure you've been <laughs> on your way to higher numbers right now. So we won't go into your current shift from a three to a 10. That's fine. But I'm curious about what your mental health story would be if there's one from your past, either for yourself or someone else that's shaped mm, you or your That's a very good health. question. Um, do you know, it, it's actually one that's probably lived with me for a very long time. Um, and maybe a few people might, might relate to it. Um, I think 80% of my life, I was one of those people who kept on being told mm, she couldn't do that. You know, I mean, one funny thing, and I'll tell you, in nursery, one of the nursery teachers told my mum that I was actually retarded and should have gone to a special school because I was very slow. And basically, my mum would not hear it. And she's like, I don't believe you. How dare you? I'm taking my child out of this nursery school. 
And I did not know that within herself, she carried that, you know, this is a teacher telling her your child is slow. You need to think about moving around to a special class. Um, and she didn't tell me that until the day I graduated. <laughs> and she said there was a teacher who said that to you. But that's, it, it's funny, but now I laugh about it. But when I think about all the times when a lot of people have written me off because, i.e. maybe I've had to try something more than once, um, that's been, it's, you know, you hear voices all the time that say to you, oh, you're not good enough. And once you keep hearing it over and over again, you start to think, am I really not that good enough? You know, but it takes courage to pull yourself out from that perspective of people writing you off and thinking you're not good enough and proving them wrong at the end of the day. And I'd like to say and think over the years that I've been able to do that, um, there's a lot of things that. I would have been able to just go, yeah, I'm not really good enough um, and just given up. You know, being a lawyer for one, I was told my voice was too small, too tiny compared to other people. I wasn't as brave. I couldn't articulate myself as they could, you know. So, so many things where you think oh, I'm, I'm below average, you know, but I have no idea how I got here. I'll be honest with you. I think it was just being, you know, trying to block those negative energies out more than anything just trying to prove to myself that no room b you can do this even though at times it does demotivate you and make you feel like you know you're worthless but something in me just kept on driving me and I'd like to think maybe it's got something to do with my parents just they always just believed in me I didn't know why but they did. <laughs> um, so that really helped. So I think out of everyone, I just wanted to make them proud more than anything. So they were probably that inner force inside of me, but not everyone's got that option. You know, I was just lucky to have them with me to do that, to go through that journey with me and, and see me become the woman I am now. And even till today, if I tell them I want to do something, they're always the first people to support me. So I think mentally that would be my biggest win. Um, but yeah, yeah. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to interject, but like, as you said that, um, the penny just dropped for me because even my, my own mother actually, you know, mentioned mm. something quite similar to me. Um, but this was with an experience that, so growing up for me, um, education was never my strong point whatsoever. And I didn't find mm -hmm. out I was dyslexic until a very late, later period in my life. But nonetheless, I wasn't aware until a few years ago, my mom actually mentioned that, hold on a minute. Um, she, she said that she carried the same burden where someone said to her that your child is slow, is this, is that, so on. Just, you know, put me down and comparing mm -hmm. me to all the other kids kind of thing. Um, but she held that within her and never even mentioned it to me until a few years ago. But, you know, I think you're definitely right. When you kind of see that, hear that, it kind of ignites a flame yeah. inside of you that you didn't yeah. even know you had inside you. And just to hear your journey and what you're also doing in all spectrums, you know, it, it makes so much sense. It makes mm -hmm. really so mm -hmm. much sense. Um, 
so so I mean like what's your um what's your what would you say is you know because obviously you mentioned that you know your parents are the biggest win um and obviously you've also got a beautiful daughter as well what else would you say ignites you from let's say for instance when you're in the zone of a free going through whatever you're going through even though you don't know what the outcome is going to be oh that's a very good one as well and you know I think it just ties back in with that idea of you know a mother being told that you know your child's not good enough and then your mum carrying that burden for so long and, and wondering or maybe not wondering but just ignoring that and believing that their child is you know going to be someone special and I'm not gonna lie to you it sounds so cliche but it's true that the day you hold that child in your hands something just ignites you that you didn't know you had you want to protect that child you want to provide for them you literally see them being the next prime minister of the UK (laughs) it's like you 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 and you want to make sure you get them there so and I just start to ask myself what is the one thing I can do to make sure my daughter has the best in life to get her to where she needs to be and if that means I have to work three jobs and I have to do you know I mean I I need to it keeps on pushing me but I want to make sure she gets the best education she gets the best upbringing she she grows in the right environment she's got her family with her she's got everything she needs to get her to that next level so that's what I always keep thinking it's the one thing that just lit up for me like I need to start this out I need to sort this out I need to do this we've got a baby now I need to get this right <laughs> you know before you I lived life happy-go-lucky you know I, I literally was a happy-go-lucky person until I realized oh can I swear on this podcast probably not <laughs> but yeah <laughs> like oh shit you know I'm having a baby <laughs> And we have no place to stay, you know, so it's things like that. Like, yeah, it it makes you think, right, you've got someone who depends on you and you're the one who's going to provide for them. So, yeah, I mean, I had to just get my life in order. Um, And I think that was my, my second biggest driving force was that little girl so that she can see me work hard so she can work hard, but at the same time provide for her and give her what she needs to be that person. Mm. What about you guys? <laughs> yeah, that, that, all of the, everything you... <laughs> no, everything you're saying definitely resonates with me. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Shai answer that because I was going to ask you something else, but I'll hold fire for well, a second. Now, you know we, that's not we, fair, Ray. I'm the only one here without hey, kids. Hey, hey. This is a safe <laughs> I'm space. I'm sick of this happening, right? <laughs> exactly. It's okay, Shai. <laughs> All I wanted to add to that, <laughs> since I have no little bambino or bambina of my own, <laughs> is that... Having had the privilege of meeting Rumbi's mom and been around her family, what I can say is that the Uh apple fell very close to the tree. And to hear you say so beautifully that Sophie is now pretty much your world and you're going to replicate the example Mm -hmm. that you were shown and 
probably excel at it as well from the way I, like I said, you got that Midas touch, the way you amplify everything you put your mind to. It's, it's a wonderful thing to hear about motherhood in that way. And I do also want to get into motherhood and how perhaps mm. that's affected your mental health. We've heard about the, the amazing drive mm. it's ignited within you. Mm. But before we get to that, I do want to hear mm. something else about your mental health story. Mm. I want to hear something about the lows because mm. you mentioned mm. a beautiful word, which is courage, uh, the courage to try these things. And I want an example mm. of you demonstrating this courage, but I'd like that with where you had to apply it. The moment that was low at some point, <laughs> because it seems your mom shielded yeah. you like Ray from yeah. some of those yeah. earlier negative, potentially negative yeah. experiences. So I yeah, want to hear yeah. one where you were exposed and you know what? There is there is a downside to be to to being shielded like that because you you don't have a firm grasp of the reality until it hits you like bam like wow this is life you know and one of those things was literally motherhood you know they don't sugarcoat it in medical science how much of a toll pregnancy or even just you know being a new mother is you know there's postpartum depression and things like that um for me I'm, in culture I don't know you guys if you've got something similar but in our culture you get to if it's your first child for the first two weeks or something after you've given birth you stay with your mum and basically your mum is like helping you you know showing you the ropes and how to take care of a baby and all that stuff. Um, me being so modern, I was adamant that I was not going to do that. I would stay at my house with my husband and we would do all the night feeds and do everything, you know, just like how modern parents do it. Like I wanted us to be hands-on. I was like, no, mom, we'll be fine. Until the week I went into labor, I had a severe down feeling like I just wanted to cry and it's hormonal but I'll be telling you like I felt so low I've I never felt the lowest and it just took my dad calling me and just saying how are you today and I just broke down in tears for no reason he was just like you need to come home and I just said okay and hung up and the first thing I said to my husband was I am going home you can stay, but I'm going, you know, it wasn't anything to do with him or anything, but I just felt a sudden low. And, but then fast forward after the two, three weeks being at my parents after, you know, my little ones arrived, we finally get to go home. And that was the first time I was really, truly on my own with a newborn in our own house. And that mo modern parenting just went out the window because I had no idea how to do it. I just felt you feel like you're the, the worst parent in the world for not being able to bathe your daughter, for not being able to, you know, cook whilst you've got a little one. I mean, people were coming. I was in my 90s the whole day. Like, that's how bad it was. You know, like, I just felt like I'd failed. I think that was the very first time I just thought, I don't think I'm cut out for this. Honestly, I'm going to be the worst person in the world. I, I just can't raise this child. How am I going to do it? So it was a few weeks of feeling and being embarrassed to share that I'm struggling because you don't want to tell people you're struggling. They'll just think, well, you know, 
you know, you're supposed to, you're a woman, you're a mum, you should be able to do this. How can you not do this? You know, but one thing, I think the courage for me was then I quickly realized, you know what, I need to do what works for me and what works for me and my baby to be able to thrive. It's okay. I've not had a shower in three days. It's okay. I'm still in my nineties for three days, but as long as I've fed her, as long as she's healthy, as long as I can say, you know, I've, I've done everything I can. And if I fail, I need to be able to pick up the phone and say help, or I need to be able to say, I'm hungry. Can you make me some food? Do you know? I think it was a part of it was pride, but at the same time, it was just, I don't want to be seen to be failing. So, but in doing that, I was sabotaging myself and I was getting into that low depressive mode where I just felt a failure. Like literally failure was the name, was the word of the day in my head, literally for about two, three weeks until I don't know what it was, but I just thought, you know what, Rumbi, that little girl has woken up, she's been fed and she's fine and she's got clothes on her back. That's the most important thing. Everything else will fall secondary to that, third to that. And that's how I got myself out of that, that cycle. Um, but that was a baptism of fire, if you call it. Uh, and I'm sure most moms will relate to that. And even dads as well, because... You know, as much as I'm thinking I was the only one in that experience, but my husband was going through something similar in his own way, in his own world. And I'm sure he can tell you a whole big story of how, you know, what was going on in his head. But seeing me so upset would probably make him feel like, oh, I'm not doing something right. But yeah, it's 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 a journey. It's truly a journey. definitely right it is definitely a journey mm -hmm. um, it's a journey it's a learning experience and I've learned even you know my, my daughter was <laughs> what 11 going on 21 but even when she was born <laughs> even when she was born um little did I know that I already gathered like a lot of traits because I've got a lot of um, cousins and siblings where we're fit, we're really, really close. So I grew up and, I, and, and obviously I was the first born. So essentially mm. I was the one who was looking after them, you know, feeding them, changing their nappies. And little did I know those little, those little things I was doing would actually pay off in my future yeah. history when I have my, my daughter. And I think that made it much mm. more, it made me much more prepared. As in the sense, because my mother wasn't a stone for away. She was like 200 miles away. Um, so I think in terms of my input and me, you know, helping and supporting mm -hmm. her, her, her mum and but both of them collectively, um, I think that mm -hmm. early part really played a big role in terms of, you know, the stepping into fatherhood, <laughs> even though I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but... I would, mm -hmm. you know, not change that for the world whatsoever. But one, one thing I would really love to know, because you mentioned culture. So I would love to know in terms of culture from a mental health kind of perspective from your parents, how mental health was, or if it was ever, you know, spoken about or talked about, or if it was seen as, again, 
from where we're from, it seemed if mental health, you should be mm-hmm. in, a, in a mental institution. And, you know, if that perspective ever changed, like, mm-hmm. you know, you coming in, in, into the Western Hemisphere. Um, so, so yeah, I'm really intrigued to kind of understand where that mental yeah. health journey was at home culturally, where it is now, and where it's also going to be, you know, portrayed to your daughter as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very, very, very good question. I'm glad you asked that because back in Zimbabwe, mental health isn't a thing. Mental health just isn't a thing. You, if you're, you know, if you're feeling depressed or anything like that, you know, what's depression? That's literally the answer you get. What's what's depression? You know, just, you know, get on with it, get on with it. Especially even if it's in in marriage or in anything, if if you're going through a mental breakdown, you're just being told to, you know, be strong. That is the term, you know, there's a there's a word in Shona which I absolutely loathe, which is shingirira, which just basically means be strong. You're a woman, you have to be strong. And my grandmother had this, has still has the saying that a woman is like a goat she suffers whilst on her knees. I don't know if you've ever seen a goat, but if a goat's in pain, it will just go on its knees, but it will continue doing whatever it needs to do. So my grandmother was basically saying, yeah, if you're going to be in pain, but you're a woman, so you'll you'll bite through that pain. You have to be strong. So I don't like that culture. And I'm so thankful we're here because it's opened my parents' eyes to seeing those issues with mental health. I just fear what it could have been like if we were still in Africa. But because they're more, you know, aware of those issues and what happens. And if I say to them, trust me, guys, I know you want this for me as a wife or as a mother, but for my mental health, I cannot and I will not do this because I will struggle. And they'll just have to listen and accept that because what matters is I've realized what matters most is, is taking care of you. If you take care of your brain, if you're okay, it's not going to feed off to your child. And this is one thing that, you know, over the years I didn't understand, but there were so many things that my parents were going through and because they came home with that depression, with that anger, with that anxiety, it fed off us. And it made us grow, you know, I, I I grew, I couldn't talk to my parents. It just, it's things like that. Like, I, I remember what our house was like. It was just, you couldn't talk about certain things. You couldn't open yourself up to just sit down and say, oh, mommy, I feel like this because of that. Um, but it's only after now that we start to talk about these things and you realize, oh my gosh, you had to get help, but you didn't get help. And because of that, it fed off to your children. But I'm glad I'm seeing this and we're talking about it because now I realize I need to make sure I fix my head and my my mental well-being. Because if it's not right, it's going to feed off to my daughter without me even realizing. So it's something that I've noticed that even now if someone asks me to do something that's beyond my my means or my capacity and I'll be too stressed to do it, I have to say no because the next thing is I'll probably break down and, you know, someone's going to get the brunt of it, unfortunately, because that's how it works. That's what happens usually. So um, that's 
what I've noticed with our culture, it, it just doesn't have that room to allow you to feel those things. But having our eyes open and being in the Western world, it's really helped. You know, when I talk to some of my family, they do still laugh. I'm like, well, what was she on about? But I think it's all going to be an educational thing that has to go on for years and years and people start getting used to hearing about mental health in Africa and actually be proactive and actually be open-minded to know that this is a thing you know so yeah it's sad but it's, it's the reality unfortunately especially where I come from thank you for listening to Men Talk Ubuntu podcast and being a valued member of our community remember to subscribe to our YouTube Instagram and other social media now for access to our latest updates. DM us and let us know what your mental health is on a scale of one to five. Thank you. Profoundly insightful um, and I think eloquently put together right there. Like my mind was a buzz as mm -hmm. in fact both of you spoke. Uh, it struck me that these are some of the themes that have emerged from a lot of the conversations mm -hmm. we've had, which shows that although say our podcast primarily tries to focus on black men and their percep the perceptions people have of black men and mental health. These are very much human mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. And to hear it from a young black, shall we say, beautiful woman as well, just shows you how even in the midst of something as wonderful as having your first child and the beauty that comes with that, all the love we speak about, this was the example of one of the lowest moments because of how mm -hmm. it affected you personally and the thoughts that came with this. I think mm -hmm. whenever we care about something, really care about something, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. want to do mm -hmm. it so well that that stresses mm -hmm. us out. Everyone knows that, like, if you don't care, eh, whatever. And <laughs> that little bundle of joy you care about, you know, you love to life and you love to death. So... I've not even thought about that, like how that would make someone feel, like how you would feel mm -hmm. like you're letting that child down. And when we factor in what Ray was bringing mm -hmm. in, the culture of we have to mm -hmm. be strong. Mm -hmm. uh, we come from a proud people, you know, hold your head up. The goat one killed me. I was laughing inside silently <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> but this idea that you're strong, <laughs> it will cause dissonance like if you're taught to see yourself as strong and you're not able to share that especially with some of the people who would be in your circle such as your parents or your siblings even and you hit this moment of extreme vulnerability and thinking i'm going to be the worst parent in the world i mean just that thought sitting with that thought for a minute like you're then questioning everything you believe about yourself, mm -hmm. it feels like, because you would have been raised to be the strong person, and now you're faced with feeling like you're going to fail at something. I can't even imagine that. Like, I, I love the advice, which was very simple, where you answered the question about courage. And it was as simple as the focus goes, to, and this little one is the priority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First thing she needs is this. You don't focus on... I can't even wash her because <laughs> neck, all sorts of things happen. I've been, oh, yeah, it's a scary time. <laughs> and, yeah, you focus on, for you, it's mm -hmm. focusing on something. For everyone else, maybe you don't have a child like me. 
maybe mm. focus on you first and foremost and think what do I need mm. not in a selfish and egotistical way but genuinely yeah. what do I need to yeah. feel better and to look after myself mm. if you have a business mm. then make the business the priority mm. if you have the job then switch that so I love that advice because we might think that courage is this crazy thing we have to do we have to go out and do a tough mother or mm-hmm. white collar boxing or something <laughs> and I think courage I the focus goes to Sophie and this little one is the priority mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first thing she needs is this you don't focus on i can't <laughs> even wash her because <laughs> neck all sorts of things happen i've been oh yeah it's a scary time <laughs> and yeah you focus on for you it's mm-hmm. focusing on Sophie for everyone else maybe you don't have a child like me maybe mm-hmm. focus on you first and foremost and think what do i need mm. not in a selfish and egotistical way but genuinely yeah, what do i need to yeah. feel better and to look after myself mm. if you have a mm. business then make the business the priority mm. if you have the job then switch that so i love that advice because we might think that courage is this crazy thing we have to do we have to go out and do a tough mother or mm-hmm. white collar boxing or something <laughs> and i think courage i can't remember the full quote it might be uh winston churchill and it's something like knowing the obstacles are almost insurmountable but choosing mm-hmm, to go forward mm-hmm. and pursue them anyway mm-hmm. something along those lines and there's no manual mm-hmm. for being a mother or a father and choosing to do it and try and do it to the best of your yeah, ability yeah. is is incredible yeah um, yeah so i commend and you I, for I like that. that you're saying um that. sorry i'm just going to interrupt uh, you cuz you just mentioned with, one thing as well that i forgot which was focusing on you if i told you that that only that penny for me only dropped literally 2 months ago <laughs> to take care of me <laughs> all these past few years um i kind of forgot me you know and i just it was more of you know yeah take care of the baby make sure the baby's fine go to work do all these things yeah they're fun but what about me you know and i just thought to myself no you know what i need to be more selfish with me um not not necessarily saying you know leave everything and and just focus on you but there's a, a bit of selfishness that's required which is why now i've started saying i know this is what you expect of me um as a wife or as a mother or as whatever you need me to do but i need to remember me first you know this is literally something that's just happened in the last few months for me and it was a re- revelation because it's made me look at, at at a lot of things a lot more differently i think it was the other day someone was mentioning you know body shaming me for for gaining weight and i was like you have no idea how happy i am <laughs> um i've gained a bit of weight yes i acknowledge that but i am the happiest i've ever been so honestly <laughs> you know but it was said in a in a lighthearted way but i was just like yeah but do you realize to someone else that could be really detrimental you know you're lucky that you found me in a very good place i'm so happy so i'm not going to listen to it i'm focusing on my happiness more than anything so it's it's been the 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 best thing i've ever done and i just wish i'd done it sooner and you know it's 
taken me so long to do that, but it does help to focus on you and, and put yourself first as well sometimes because we really do need that. It's such a breath of fresh air when you do. I, I, I totally second that. Um, I've also like had a lot of realisation and pennies drop left, right and centre and you pretty much, because you're consistently going, 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 going and everybody else mm-hmm. but you is, is, important, is important and essentially what you find is that even when you're at your free, mm-hmm. it's a very low, 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 low free. And it could even mm-hmm. be lower mm-hmm. than free anyway. Um, and this is where it's, it, it, there's that saying, if you don't love or care about yourself enough, how can you do the same to anyone else? So it's so, and, and this happens so easily to any, anyone and everyone, even the people listening, it happens to everyone. You forget yourself. You are, yes, Everybody else and your children are important, but if you don't put yourself first, you will not be able. It just goes with health. If you're not looking after your health, how are you going to be able to look after and love the people tomorrow? How are you going to be, if you don't look Mm -hmm, after your mind mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or feed yourself the right things, how are you going to have the right mindset to help support, add value to the people around you? So, you know, yeah, you're right. You hit the nail on the head on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Curious. I've been here thinking about Rumbi adding value, and that's that's why I was even thinking this is a perfect right because, as I think I said to you, I see you adding value in all these other ways, and it's only now I've then realized I didn't think about you adding value to yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah. That's great. Wow, you, you, it's so easy to forget so, yourself. Okay, so the penny dropped for you. Let's try and help the penny drop for someone out there, someone listening. Wow. What's the... We won't direct it at someone listening because I wanted to direct Mm -hmm. it to that person who needs probably needs prayer, who just came up and said in jest, (laughs) like, yo, be careful. (laughs) That's not how we roll, people. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, <laughs> we'll switch it. We'll switch it and say, you'll know at which point in your life, perhaps it would have been beneficial to the, at that point. We can't change the past, but at that point, you'll know which version of you earlier may have perhaps needed the most mm-hmm. to love themselves. Now, you don't need to tell us when mm-hmm. that was or what was going on, but if you were facing that version of you at that point, what advice would you give to that younger person so they know to add value oh, to themselves as well man. as and love themselves? There's that one particular person at that particular point. Jeez, I literally am having an outer body experience looking at that person that particular moment ah if I tell you that was probably the lowest of the low for that particular person but what I would say to someone who's lost everything and I when I say everything I mean lost everything um and they're questioning their existence because that (laughs) it makes you 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 get to a stage you might be at that stage where a big traumatic event has just happened 
that in that happening has made you lose so much more than you thought you even had you know things you didn't realize you had and you you starting to lose them one by one and those you're left holding crumbs from a whole piece of bread you had um and when that happens the only thing i can say is do not underestimate what you can do if you were able to mold and i'm using a loaf because I said you're left with crumbs. I'm going to use that metaphor and I'll carry on with it. If you were able to mold that flour and add all those ingredients to it to make that loaf of bread, such that even because of a mistake or something that you did or someone else did and you ended up with crumbs, believe me, you can bake another loaf of bread. You can start again. It doesn't have to be today because I think there is power in grieving and going through that process. Trust the process. So don't think of just picking yourself up. Just feel, go through the motions. Whatever your situation is, take the time you need to heal because once you've healed, only is when you'll be able to rise again and rebuild. And trust me, because you've got all the tools, you've got the knowledge, you know how you built everything, you can build it up again. So if it's about to fall, let it fall. If it's beyond your control and you're seeing everything crumbling, let it crumble. Don't try to try and and, and grab it all and, and try and put it back together with tape and everything. If it's already fallen, just accept it that it's fallen and rebuild when you're ready. And that's the advice I would give. And I know I would have needed that. Probably I wouldn't have believed a word that person was saying, to be honest with you, because you probably have a lot of anger. But trust the process. That's all I can say. Trust it. Mm -hmm. You guys are going to make me cry. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Romy, it's a safe place. It's a safe place. Yeah. I really, really, really love the the metaphor you used for um, the loaf of bread. And I think that's the thing about life. You have to let things literally disrupt you, destroy you for you to gather all the necessary ingredients, pieces, but more importantly, just taking the the time to just stop, Mm -hmm. immerse yourself in those feelings and go past it. Because if you don't, it's it's not going to end well, put it that way. And more importantly, you also need to have people around you to kind of just listen to you, you know, not necessarily give you advice, but you mm-hmm. know, sometimes we have to go through things by ourselves. Um, and there's magic in rebuilding because, you know, just from crumbs, we previously had a loaf of mm-hmm. bread and was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I buttered mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It was nice. You know, it doesn't get any better than this. And you come to the point where you lose everything. That rebuilding, next thing you know, you've got all the necessary yeah. ingredients to yeah. build a cake. 
and that cake is bigger than you, bigger than anything. And this is so amazing, so amazing about life is that you know, no matter how, no matter what life's test you with, is that you know, it goes back to that burning, igniting desire within to you know, <laughs> overcome everything and it just makes you even more stronger so what i would ask is that how can i put this what would you say that people can learn obviously other than taking the time to you know reflect immerse themselves after that process what can what can they learn in terms of adding more value mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know not just to themselves but also to the world as well I mean, I can only draw from my own. Yeah. Just the same way you I can, add I can only, value to the world. Yeah, yeah, draw from my own experience course, on this course, one. Please. And I don't know, I derived so much pleasure from helping. You have no idea. The amount of the industry I'm in has so much competition. No one will share their knowledge, you know, in any industry people are very, very, very apprehensive about sharing their knowledge. And one way I found to add value, especially when it comes to someone struggling, you've been there, you know how to build, you know how to do something. And for me, it was always, why don't you share that knowledge? And I will gladly share it for free because no one person can do it the same, you know, in you helping someone add value to their life in whatever way it is. For me, I think helping is the best thing. It, I derive so much pleasure from it. Just seeing someone succeed and knowing, yeah, I helped that person get through that time and look at them now. Oh my gosh, without any accolades or taking any credit or anything, just seeing them prosper and succeed it's you know like I get so happy that's just generally who I am and I found that was my calling that was truly my calling and people will look at me like I'm crazy sharing so many of my own industry secrets how I started something how I did something and I'm like well why is it a secret to begin with so every single time I see something I'm always so quick to just share it might help someone out there and that person might need that information at that particular time. Um, it's It just takes just opening your mouth and sharing that knowledge, imparting that little gem that helped you when you needed it the most. Someone else needs it. So if it's adding value to someone's mental health by sharing what helped you get out of something, how how you got out of that funk, how you managed to rise from your ashes. It might not help them, but they might share it with someone who's got the exact same situation as you and say, you know, I spoke to Rumbi the other day and she told me that she went through this. This is what she did. You know, I'm happy. You know, my job is done. So that's my 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 advice to someone on how you can add value you don't have to be a know-it-all in anything or a professional in anything it's just imparting the little advice you have don't tell people what to do but share your experience 
because you have no idea who could be helped by that experience you're sharing. So we do a lot when we talk about things. You don't realize even just sharing your experience, someone will be like, oh my gosh, I went through the exact same thing. And it allows them to open up. It's it got it's helped for me. Someone opened up to me about something that happened to them. And that allowed me to open up my experience. So it's it's a it's a very big tool we have. And talking is the biggest way of sharing and adding value. So I would recommend everyone. Let's get talking. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating. Don't forget to follow, like, share, and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Subscribe to our latest episode and listen to any you missed. And tune in next episode. Take care.